You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It is the uh, 6th of April, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beatstock Internet Marketing. We are uh, another week where we don't have a guest, but luckily lots of stuff happened in the last seven days. We got a... Uh, a veritable Word document full of stuff to talk about. Um, why don't we start with something fun like extortion? <laughs> I thought that's where you'd want to begin. Yeah, it's a good way to start the week, don't you think? I do. Okay, so this has happened before. It'll probably happen again, but it's uh, happening right now, so we ought to mention it. There's a uh, shadowy conspiratorial uh, group out there known as the Lizard Squad, and they've been bugging the good Bill Hartzer recently. Um, you know, you, you know, Bill, Hart. Every, everybody knows Bill Hartzer. Indeed. Indeed. So Bill gets this email last week, um, again, from uh, the shadowy group known as the Lizard Squad, basically saying, gee, Bill, those are some awful nice rankings you got there. We'd hate we'd hate to see something like adverse happen to them. Why don't you throw 0.7 Bitcoin into this account and. uh you know, nothing will happen with love, the Lizard Squad. What they were doing is threatening a negative SEO attack against a number of Bill's clients or a number of the, the websites that Bill uh, is responsible for. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, a lesser man would have just rolled over and, uh, you know, thrown, thrown 0.7 uh, Bitcoin into that account, whatever 0.7 Bitcoin might be. That's, that's probably like 3 million U.S. dollars or something. I don't know. Um, and a lesser man would have got the 3 million and, and thrown it into the account because, you know, when the Lizard Squad comes calling, you obviously get quite frightened. Um, but Bill instead went to Google and said, hey, what gives? Like, 
you know, first of all, this is like they're threatening negative SEO, which shouldn't be possible in the first place. Right, John? Um, and uh, <laughs> moreover, um, you know, if they do, what am I going to do about this? So uh, obviously Google's heard about this before because two days ago John Mueller replied, if uh, you do get – I'm paraphrasing, of course, because uh, John wouldn't reply like this. But if you get screwed over by the Lizard Squad, put the domains uh, that they that – they, 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 the, the, the new links that they negative SEO'd you with, put them into a disavow, send them to John, make sure he knows that this was from the Lizard Squad or that they had done this to you and, uh, you know – for quite a bit less than 0.7 Bitcoin, Google will actually work on this for you. I am surprised. I'm surprised that some enterprising person at Google didn't, you know, say they'll do it for 0.6 Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, yeah, for our, for our listeners in the audience, at, at the current moment, anyway, I don't know when you're listening to this. If you downloaded the podcast, but that's about a thousand dollars US, um, give or give or take. Um, about a thousand bucks to uh, protect yourself from um, something bad happening, like negative SEO to your to your SERPs. Right, because of course they they wouldn't do it um, if they knew you were going to pay, right? Like if you paid them, like come on. Um, <laughs> you know, now they know you have bitcoins, um, so that's really all you've told them by giving them that point seven. Um, you know, to, to me anyway. To me, uh, also an interesting part of this story, and you touched on it. Um, is in an interesting way, this is a confirmation, <laughs> like the, the response from John, that negative SEO can work. Because otherwise, John would have just gone, no, nah, don't worry about it. Right? No. <laughs> we, we've got this. Don't worry about it. No, that wasn't the response. So, to, um, uh, which, is, which is phenomenal. Wouldn't it be great if we really trace this back and discovered that the Lizard Squad uh, story was originally posted on April 1st, and that this was just Bill Harcher's amazingly clever way of getting Google to admit that negative SEO actually exists. Okay, yeah, that, that would actually be pretty bright. And he has been known for, for some good ones. Um, but if you do go to their Twitter page, I mean, they got 163,000 followers, so there's that. Um, but, yeah, no, they're they're from what I can see, pretty much doing exactly what Bill's talking about. So, um, yeah, seems legit. Kind I, of, really I, mean. hope, I really hope this was uh, April Fool's attempt at a joke by Bill, and as it turned out, uh, Google took it seriously. And uh, <laughs> admit, I'll have to ask him next time we talk to him, eh? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Good point. Okay, speaking of people at Google who you know, just say the darndest things, um, the uh, the next ten a, a new conference a new conference series is up called Next Ten. Um, Eric Ng and uh, Inga and uh, Stone Temple po- and Stone Temple <laughs> almost did it. Rascals put that in my head and it won't go away now. Yep. Stone Temple Consulting is behind the Next Ten uh, conference. It's happening right as we speak in Boston. Um, I was actually I was invited to attend and I had to decline because. Um, uh, very strong personal feelings about traveling in the United States right now. But um, mm-hmm. interesting stuff coming out of that conference. Gary Eels, um, our uh, 
our, our, our favorite window into Google's soul, Gary Ills, um, made a uh, pronouncement about the mobile first index. Now, before I tell you what he said about the mobile uh, mobile first index, I'd like to remind you about penguin about you know penguin claws is coming to town, starting in like I don't know the summer of 2015 and maybe even the spring of 2015, rolling all the way into the autumn of 2016. So this is the guy who said uh, who 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 said penguin is just around the corner. Honestly, it's going to be coming out like in the next quarter, by the end of the year. By mid-quarter, by the spring, by the summer. Oh my God! I have no idea when the damn thing's coming out. Stop asking me. <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not paraphrasing on that one either. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds that's that's how I remember that. Okay, well, according to Gary, and he's probably right. Like, I'm I, I, I'm glad he's playing the long game on this one. Um, <laughs> Google's mobile first index, which is coming because the world is going mobile. There's no question about that. Now, desktop ain't going away, but mobile is going to be so dominant. The mobile first index is unlikely to launch before 2018. So, you know what I love about this? This reminds me, and, and every SEO could learn a lesson from Gary right now. And we've all been on both sides of this coin. So how often have you, especially early in the career, so if you're early in your career to our listeners, here's a, here's a, a word of advice. Did you go, client, how long do you think it's going to take? Oh, two months. I mean, I, I know we started back when that actually might be something we could have said. Two months, yep. can't anymore, but you could have at the time. Um, and then, eek, it took four months, five months. And now you've got them mad at you for two to three months and whatever, right? Like, it, it, it's not going well and it happened. Oh, it'll be just a couple more weeks. I'm tweaking stuff, right? Okay, so that was Gary. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the penguin updates yep. uh, and now he's just gone hey how long until you get those rankings three years is the answer <laughs> <laughs> and you will not complain if I do it faster <laughs> so if we launch it you know if we get this in six months everybody's going to be happy and you're going to be ecstatic that I'm better than I said I was uh, so I think that's maybe what he's learned who knows if it's going to be 2018 who knows if they're going to try and launch it in you know before the before the holidays maybe right in that sort of dead zone between um, summer and, and when the holiday season actually starts to, to you know ramp up um, you know, I, I could see them trying to pull that one. Um, but who among us is going to complain if it happens a little earlier? But yeah, I think he sees the writing on the wall. If you say, hey, it's going to be in the fall, and then, yeah, it doesn't end up rolling out until, you know, next year sometime, we're all going to be shaking our heads going, oh, you can't, we can't trust a word you people say anymore. Not Some of us are like that anyway, but... Um, so good, good don't, for Gary. He learned. <laughs> but don't forget, Dave. This can also come to bite him, and this can come to bite him uh, from the opposite side as well. Think about all the websites that uh, you know they 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 know that mobile first is coming. They mm-hmm. have a desktop focused website, and they have for the last five or six years. They haven't updated their website for in like forever. Yeah. Um, they know they have to do these updates. They're currently leading in their field. They're they're doing well in the SERPs. They're making a whole bunch of sales, and they're employing X number of people. Okay, right. And uh, they have you know they they got to prioritize the work that they do. They're a smart, well-run company, except that they haven't updated their website in this scenario. But besides <laughs> from that, they're a smart, well-run company, mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
they got to prioritize work gets being you know the 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 the, the, the where they where they spread their efforts throughout you know the, the week or the year or whatever right so yep. they're saying we don't go to work on our website until September because Gary has said that we don't need to worry about this until 2018 and then suddenly oh sneakeroo the mobile first uh, index is is here in October so there could be a whole swath of other businesses that get screwed for listening to them thinking we don't got to prioritize this yet um I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not saying he shouldn't make these. He shouldn't say Google will have this ready by such and such a date because you know we all want to know that. But he better be damn sure. Right. <laughs> I guess you're right. It's, it is a little different. Well, I get or or, or maybe he's learning, and, and maybe they would even just push postpone it, even if just to for for exactly what you're talking about, uh, because there were a lot of people quite upset when he was wrong on the other ones, like people who were waiting to get out of penalties going, you've got to be kidding me, I'm going bankrupt while I wait for you to be right. Well, indeed, I mean, like, think of the decision-making, think, think of the same decision tree, or decision matrix you had to make back, like, do we, do we get a new website, do we dump all those old links, we're clearly in the penguin doghouse, but Gary says there's a new update coming, like, in a couple of months, so let's weigh the let's let's weigh the consequences of going on this whole new redesign endeavor, or maybe we should just wait a couple months. And then a whole bunch of people made the rational decision to just wait a couple months, and they got screwed because it was in fact twelve months, you know, yeah. <laughs> before, the, before the update came. So again, I'm just I'm just saying, like Google representatives, and I'm, I'm I know Gary knows this, and I, I know that John Mueller knows this, but you know, I'm going to reiterate it anyway. Google representatives, like, businesses hang on your every word for good reason. And they make, like, um, critical decisions based on the assumptions that you're allowing them to make by saying X, Y, or Z, or X, Y, or Z, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, if you're going to say that, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't say that because I know I want to know. Because I want to, I want to plan and prioritize and make those help my clients make those decisions in the smartest way possible. Um, and if I can appear like a um, a web god and like 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 uh, precognition or something, <laughs> that that's that's all the better for me, right? So I'm, I'm yep. all for Google making these predictions, provided <laughs> they're right. <laughs> anyway, so. There you have it, friends. Um, not only will the Mobile First Index not launch until 2018, Gary went on in the same speech to warn us that until it does, you're going to hear a lot of contradictory stuff about it. Uh, probably from people like us who really don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> but it looks like this, so that's what we're saying it is. And uh, you know, more than half the time, it turns out we're right. We're going to have to go to break in a couple seconds. Not quite yet, though. You know what I found really interesting? This We don't really have a, 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 anything to, to, to a story to back this, but I was listening to uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation over the weekend, mm-hmm. and they were going crazy covering the new AI revolution. And it struck me how we're covering topics that the mainstream media is picking up six months later. Yep. I just find that, I, I don't know, I just, I just, something very special in that. There is, there is, and we have a, uh, I can't remember the exact funding, but credit to them, and I know you have your disagreements, we all do, but our Prime Minister is, is investing uh, reasonably heavy into AI right now, um, and luring companies here, and, and it's working. We've got uh, Google what? investing in uh, in Canada right now on the AI front, and 
Absolutely. So it, it, it I, I want to talk about that when we come back from break. Um, there's actually a project happening in Toronto, the city I'm sitting in right now, called the Vector Institute. I really want to talk about that because I'm very, uh, very excited. Unfortunately, we got to take our first break now. All right. But coming back uh, on the podcast, <laughs> we'll be talking about AI. So stick around. Back after these messages. <laughs> are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Money doesn't grow on trees. So you'll probably have a better chance of growing your business with cranberries. What? Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology. I don't know if I'm talking over the track or not. Like, it's <laughs> crazy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It is the 6th of April 2017. Um, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Media. And um, our producer, uh, Brasco, just put up a, a note in, the, um, in our news feed. Uh, Don Rickles, uh, uh, shock, one of the original shock and insult comedians. Um, I thought we didn't really thought that he passed away at age ninety. Now, could somebody out there in uh, in Radio Land go check and make sure this story didn't happen in like two thousand and four? That's really too bad. I really liked Don Rickles. That's uh, if this is if this is a contemporary story, uh, I am contemporarily sad about it. I, I can, you know what, I can see 23 minutes ago on the, uh, you know, brilliant media, media source and, and definitely reliable TMZ has reported it as well. So, okay. uh, you know, what? on this one, I'm going to give them as they're probably pretty reliable on a story like this. So there we are. Our hearts to our hearts to the Rickles family. Um, there's probably some uh, heartless joke that Rickles himself would have made, but I don't got the chops. Okay. Uh, it's, it's that. 
most wonderful time every two years, Search Engine Land uh, updates its periodic table of SEO success of the SEO success formula. Um, it asks SEOs around the world to participate in the survey, you know, from which it you know figures out what the hive mind says are the most important factors in SEO. You can go to Search Engine Land on the front page of their website for the next I don't know two weeks or so. Danny's going to have his uh, periodic table, his SEO periodic table. Mm-hmm. Please help him out. Do do all SEOs in the world a solid. Um, take part in the survey. The more people we have take part, the uh, better chance, you know, the better representation we have of you know what SEOs around the world are thinking. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. So I want to get yep. that in there as a uh, public service announcement. Now this is great a plug. So I'm really, I am really happy about this. You you mentioned it. Um, at the beginning or at the end of the last segment, the Vector Institute, uh, Toronto's new AI hub, um, founded at the University of Toronto, um, aiming to capitalize on the current American brain drain uh, to position Canada to be North America's world leader in AI. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's, it's awesome. We have our federal government dumping $30 million. Provincial government of Ontario putting in fifty million, Google contributing one hundred and fifty million, and a commitment by the federal government to put in another one hundred and fifty million over the next five years um, into hub spots, like uh, not hubs, but into, into hubs um, like Edmonton, Montreal, um, getting some some additional locations um, sort of grouped in. I think it's awesome. I mean, of course I do. I'm Canadian. <laughs> of course, I think this is just awesome. Um, and uh, and and kudos and, and nice to have uh, have Google on on board with that too because I hear they know uh, they know a thing or two about the subject. Well, yeah, and, and for what it's worth, I mean this 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 precedes the presidency of Donald Trump. Um, it's being accelerated dramatically because of the presidency of Trump. But the University of Guelph, the University of Waterloo, were already um, heavily colonized by Google and by Facebook and by many of the uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley tech giants. Yeah. Um, and that happened mostly because that's the region that BlackBerry was founded in. And this might, this might sound crazy, but, you know, a decade ago, BlackBerry was actually really relevant. Uh, so relevant, in fact, that BlackBerry was the Apple of its time, the, the, the iPhone of its time. And this infrastructure takes a long time to build you can't build a research facility overnight it actually takes two or three years to actually build the facility from saying we're going to build a research facility to actually having a building to research stuff in yeah takes quite a while you know you you need to talk about it planning it the funding together get the architects together um just you know tons and tons and tons of work going into building uh to building uh, 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 any institute or any 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 center, right? So yep. all of this precedes the presidency of Donald Trump, but given Trump's uh, views on the Trump administration, I should say, views on immigration and views on uh, working visas for uh, tech geniuses from around the world. Where's this work? If the work's going to get done in North America, it's not going to get done in the United States, not for the next four years. That's, that's just the way it is. You could be a Trump fan. You could hate Trump. Either way, you've got to see that the, this high-level 
intellectual work is not being completed in the United States in the next four years because the people with the brains to do it don't want to either don't want to be there or can't be there. Right. You know, they're being denied the right to be there. So if it's going to get done in North America, it's going to get done here or in Mexico. We've got the infrastructure set up already. And again, we're already uh, central Ontario is already a colony of Google and Facebook anyway. So, uh, yeah, I'm really pleased about this. The one thing that kills me about this, though, when uh, when the government of Canada commits $150 million over five years to the project, do you, do you see the Prime Minister Trudeau putting his little pinky finger up to his lips like, uh, like Mike Myers? It's like $150 million, because it seems like a minuscule amount. Like, as $150 million is a lot of money. I mean, believe me, it's our tax dollars. But it seems like a minuscule amount in the tech world, eh? It does. It is funny, like that numbers like that are just sort of, you know, not huge. But I, I think it is a realistic investment that we can make in a sector like AI, right? I mean, when you look at it is a, an important sector, um, but from a tax dollars at work, um, 150 million, I think is, is, you know, based on it attracting companies like Google and um, but the number of jobs that it can create and that sort of thing, I think it's a, I think it's a, a good solid investment. I think he picked a, a smart number to work with. Um, I think it was a great move on the province of Ontario because obviously it's going to attract a lot of investment into that area. Um, and so, we need it. Yeah, of course. Somebody's got to um, replace BlackBerry and Corel. Well, not, not, I mean, not just that. I, mean, uh, I guess the American audience might may or may not understand this, but Toronto or uh, Ontario was like the Rust Belt of Canada. And the same thing happened to you know Ontario as happened to the to the American Rust Belt in the eighties, nineties, and the early part of this decade uh, or this century. Um, employment and manufacturing just hollowed out. Yeah, and uh, in a region of tens of millions of people, um, just you know went jobless suddenly. Ter- terrible, terrible uh, economic shock that happened to 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 my part of Canada. And uh, this used to be the, again, it, it was, it, it still is the economic engine of the rest of the country. So to see this kind of investment in what we know will be the, like, future industry is tremendously exciting. Yeah. That said, if you want to be part of the Vector Institute, like, this is, this is for real. They're looking for smart people. If you're listening to the show and you want to be part of it, Check out University of Toronto, check out University of Guelph, or check out the University of Waterloo. They want to talk to you. Honest to goodness, if you think you're smart enough to talk to them, I'm not. (laughs) I'm smart (laughs) enough to tell you about them. But if you're smart enough to talk to these people, please do. We want you here in southern Ontario. And they want you to work on this project. And that is remarkable. (laughs) Um. You know what? I, I gotta, I'm going to take us into other amazing developments in, in the news. Now, this happened um, three days ago. Um, well, you know what? Kind of three days ago. As of three days ago, and I'm about to make you feel kind of old, Jim. I, I know I, I, I certainly feel old here. Um, three year, or, um, 44 years ago, on April 3rd, the first cellular phone call was made. <laughs> so... 
did uh, something I found interesting, and it was made by by Motorola. Uh, well, Martin Cooper specifically, who was an executive and researcher over at Motorola, uh, made the first call. Um, that was forty four years ago, so a historic a historic moment. Um, so hat tip to Martin, who's still around, um, and to, to Motorola for for cascading us in there. But something I found interesting, and I, I want your take is. I find it interesting that it actually has been around as long as it has. Um, and for the massive advancements that took place really just in the last decade, say like it's really been in the last quarter, um, of the sort of life of, of the, the mobile phone that we're, we're really starting to see it. Obviously it was, it, was, we, it took cell towers capable of dealing with data to, to pull that off. But, I did find that interesting. It's like in my brain, somehow it had, it had, had a shorter life. Um, Back in the 1600s, <laughs> they used to chain Bibles to the pulpit because because it was so hard to produce a work of you know, a printed work, a printed volume of anything. Right. Uh, this is like just and and then the the the, the, the printing press comes along, and uh, the value of that media. Or the value of that, of that of that medium declined significantly because now you can mass produce the things, right? Right. Um, yep. You don't need to chain the Bible to the to the pulpit because we got ten of them in the back storeroom. Um, if somebody wants the Word of God that badly, they could steal it. They could deal with they could deal with the repercussions of that when they die. Um, that's so. Flash ahead to um, World War Two and Betchley Park. They had. Room. They had houses built to store the computing units that were being used to break down um, to break down the, uh, the 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 um, Nazis' secret code. The name I'm suddenly forgetting. Um, and computing power was out of the reach of the average person because you know you needed a whole bloody house to store the unit in. Um, that's you know pretty expensive. Yeah. Yep. Um, flash ahead again to the 1970s when to um, get the simplest census done you had to have reams and reams and reams and reams like deciduous forests full of punch cards again computing is uh, very is still very difficult for the common person because I mean honestly who knows binary who can do punch cards right right but things start moving really quickly after around this time. The, the the home computer gets developed, and suddenly, within half an hour, you can have loaded um, Space Invaders from a tape drive on your TRS-80. I remember those days. So no, this story does not make me feel old at all. I, I already feel old all the freaking time. Um, um, now, now we are walking on. So, okay, so around the same time that I'm loading my. Uh, Space Invaders game on a TRS-80. It takes like a half an hour from a tape drive. This fellow is making a call on this massive cell phone from Motorola. Now, yep. on a device that fits in the palm of my hand, I mean, it just blows my mind saying this, I can access everything that has ever been recorded in human history. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the last 44 years. Um, the yeah. uh, Moore's Law, dude. Like we've talked about Moore's Law so many times. Every uh, tw- eighteen to twenty-four months, uh, chips got basically chips got twice as small or twice as many, um, 
diodes were put on a chip, allowing allowing twice the functionality. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it I love it. Where we're going tomorrow? I'm, what I'm curious is where do we go tomorrow? Because I think the cell phone is just this this mobile device I've got is it weighs like three four ounces, far too heavy. What's next? Yeah. It is going to be a brave new world. The only thing that can be next, of course, is implants. Yeah. And that scares the bejesus out of me. Well, Elon's working on it. <laughs> so, thank you, Elon. St. <laughs> Musk. Um, you know, you, you know, I'm surprised for all that Elon Musk has done from uh, SpaceX to... Uh, I, I didn't keep up on this. Was the the reusable rocket uh, launched the other day? Was uh, was that successful? It was. So it went up. It came back down again. They're going to send it back up again. They're going to send it back up again. It landed just fine. I watched the whole thing. Brilliant. Uh, just it's phenomenal. And uh, you'd think from the Tesla to the Hyperloop to SpaceX to all the stuff that Elon Musk has come up with in his very young short life. Has it ever occurred to you that Elon Musk might not even exist? You know, like, he's the one who 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 recently theorized that we're living that we might be living in a like computer simulation. Who's to say that he that he himself is not a computer simulation? Because I, I, I think that guy's younger than I am, and look what he's accomplished. I know, I know, pretty amazing. Um, it's like Dyson on steroids. Anyway, you'd think that after all this. The, all this stuff that the kid has accomplished, he hasn't cracked the top ten cool brands in the minds of U.S. millennials. I know. You'd think, eh? <laughs> kind of. On the other hand, has three of three of their brands are are in the top ten. I find this interesting because you know, just a few minutes, a few moments ago, you were talking about uh, uh, the the fellow from Motorola forty four years ago making the uh, first mobile phone call. The top of the top ten brands, things that that millennials find extremely cool in the United States. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seventy percent of them, seven of ten of them, are technology. One of them is cookies. One of them is one of them is potato chips. The other is running shoe. But the rest are technology. Number one is YouTube. Number two is Netflix. Number three is Google. Number four, Xbox. Number five, your friend and mine, Oreo cookies. Number six, GoPro. Number seven, PlayStation. Eight, Doritos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nine, Nike. And ten, Chrome. So Google's got three of the top ten. Elon Musk, none. Um, so, so Elon, get cracking, buddy. Um, accomplish something, kid. Uh, and again, it's, it's just neat how technology has taken, has completely filled the interest of, uh, of American youth, seven of ten uh, places on this top ten list. Yeah, and I mean, I you know, you, you bring up an interesting point, and it, it, this list doesn't surprise me at all. But yeah, there's there's got to be part of him or, or Richard Branson sort of looking at this and go, these people make potato chips, right? I, I launch rockets into space, and then I <laughs> land them in the ocean on a platform. <laughs> What's cooler well, than that? But you know what? I, admittedly, Jim, both of us are coming from a slightly different angle. I, I, I grew up on Star Trek, and I, 
I still love it. Right. So like, I'm like, but you launch rockets into space and, and you put nets on people's brains to let them communicate with AI or at least, you know, working on it. And I'm silver simplifying here, but, um, you know, of course I find that sort of stuff. Cool. I guess Doritos beats it out. Yeah. Doritos beats it out. Now I, I saw that list and I immediately thought, well, what does that look like against the most valuable brands? Like these might be the coolest brands, but are they the ones that we, we put the most value into? Uh, it turns out they run pretty close together, although Apple, which is not – did you notice that Apple is not considered one of the top ten coolest things by American youth anymore? <laughs> See, there's, there's a company higher. that's got to be looking at Doritos going, really? Really? <laughs> American youth are still happy to give them their money hand over fist, though, because Apple is the, is the most valuable brand on earth, mm-hmm. valued at, uh, at $154 billion. Google's number two. Microsoft is number three. Seller of sugar water, Coca-Cola, number four. Facebook, five. Toyota, number six. IBM, number seven. And with Disney, McDonald's, and General Electric rounding out the list, that's at eight, nine, ten. Um, now, that seems a lot more grounded. You know, there's uh, some blue chip technologies in there, most for sure. But, you know, McDonald's sells food. Um Disney sells experience, and Coca-Cola sells sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I just find stuff like this most interesting. It is interesting. Um, but yeah, I would be very frustrated if I was Mr. Musk, because he's worked hard for all that. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he has, but you know what? I, I'm sure his bank account rewards him just fine. <laughs> well, actually, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. I, I, Aren't most of those companies still startups? They they really are, yeah. Okay, I'm sure the investment, he's getting in it. I don't think he's having to eat at McDonald's if he doesn't want to. Um, now, something I, I found interesting, just to, 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 to yeah. take us off on a, on a slightly different tangent, um, and for our listeners who don't know, Google's introducing the Verified Customer Reviews program. Now, this story came across my radar uh, just a couple days ago over on uh, Search Engine Journal, written, I don't know how often Matt Southern writes over there, but it's got to be every 10 minutes or something because I see him a lot. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty prolific. But he had been he had been covering that. They're retiring their trusted stores um, and going with verified customers. So sort of weighing in the reviews of somebody they have verified has made a purchase um, uh, giving their reviews more weight, similar to what you know we see that with Amazon right now and, and a lot of other retailers. Um, something I found really interesting, though, about this, right now they're basing this all on online purchases because that's how they can verify that something's actually been purchased from something, right? Like they, they get the confirmation of a, of a conversion and then, then they allow that, that review to, to count more. Um, something I find interesting, though, is that two days before that, Google had announced some, some enhancements they were making on their in-store conversion, you know, sort of tracking capabilities, i.e. we are getting better and better and better at knowing that somebody has clicked an ad on their mobile phone and now they've actually visited your, your location and, you know, dealing with problems like what do you do in a mall that's five stories, right? How do we know they were actually on story two in your store versus, you know, I mean, that sort of stuff, Indeed. Um, which I mean, I, I am not smart like they are to figure out how they're actually solving that problem, but they're working on it and they're, they're getting that sorted out. But, um, what I have to see is 
it won't take long until those verified reviews will be able to take that into account. They do know if I am in a location of a store. I mean, and it wouldn't take precise location to know that, you know, Mary and I were at Zambri's last weekend. (laughs) We were in that zone and I have my Android. They know that I was in that, in that zone. So give my reviews more credit. So I, I think for people who've been dealing with review issues in either direction, I think this is a, a, a big, big uh, bonus. Well, uh, this is really important, Dave. Like, I got, I, I, I've complained about a problem I have with a client who's getting screwed by false reviews. Um, and there's only a couple of them. But it's it, they these false reviews have managed to take my client's review, like, you know, X out of five, just a little bit below his main competitions. Right. You know, just just a bit. Not enough that a, re- a reasonable per- person would worry, but, you know, since when have customers been reasonable? <laughs> um, and, it's, and speaking of unreasonable, you should see how my, how my client feels about this, because the reviews that are screwing him have nothing to do with his business. They actually have to do with tangential businesses, and he's getting blamed, right? But it's got nothing to do with him and his business. Right. So anything Google can do to improve this system is, I think, going to be welcomed by marketers and by, by the marketed alike. Um, I know I'll be really happy about it, because this is the way... I, 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 I'm hesitant to say it, because you don't want to put this kind of bad energy out in the world, but this is the way you can truly screw over a business. You can hurt them so bad, because now that we're accustomed to making to believing what we see in reviews potential customers are seriously looking at those reviews and making up their minds um, before they've even spoken to the proprietor. Yeah. Oh, very much. And I mean, it's, it's, it would now take a real investment to put that bad review just to tick somebody off, right? Like you need to grab your phone, you need to put it in your pocket and you need to sit outside that business for like an hour <laughs> just to like lock in that. Yes, you were at that business. So your review should count, right? Like you're going to need to really invest in it. You can't just blow off a little steam um, to, to have your reviews counted. So I, I do find that really interesting. One of the other enhancements I see coming in the not too distant future is a capability to understand this is the type of you know, get further in. We're already there, but get get even further in with this this verified reviews of going okay i know jim um who visits these sorts of places while he's in victoria um also likes this place in toronto right so when dave goes to toronto he knows that they like the same kind of pubs heck they've sat in the same pub right in victoria so hey dave will probably like this place and jim's reviewed it well so i I can see an augmentation of reviews based on personal preferences and, and similarities of personal preferences to a degree with this verified nature of them that we haven't really been able to to accomplish at this point no, indeed. I think there's uh, a lot more Google can do with reviews and with recommendations based on the uh, information they're getting off of uh, Android users. Um, almost makes you wonder why they bothered with that Google Plus experiment in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that, that would be a fun column. Um, you know what? It is 15 minutes to the top of the hour at, at, at the time of recording uh, recording this podcast, so this is a good time to take a break here on Webcology. Um Friends, you are listening to Webcology on cranberry.fm. It, uh, it is the 6th of April, 2017. Dave Davies and I are back after these messages. 
Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It's the 6th of April, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, Dave, we are cruising we are cruising at light speed right now. We're running out of time really quickly. We're going to have to mash a, mash a couple of stories together to get them in here. Uh, I saw an article that I thought was interesting, and we've been talking a lot about this over at Search Engine Land, um, written by John Lincoln. Um, the future of SEO is um, PASO. Uh, P-A-S-O, Personal Assistant Search Optimization. Um. Yeah, personal assistant search optimization, in which John is is you know kind of looking at I guess the same reality most of us are looking at and going, oh my god, there's not going to be a hell of a lot of SERPs less room in the SERPs left, is there? Yeah, it was a great piece. Yep, it was a great piece, and I think the biggest takeaway from this piece, I'm just going to pull it up on screen now. The biggest takeaway from this piece is where. Um, personal assistants get their information from and where you got to be sure that your client is well represented for instance if uh if we're talking about siri according to john e lincoln in search engine land siri is getting her information from open table city search yelp yahoo local uh reserve travel uh eventful StubHub, live kick movie tickets rotten tomatoes I'm sorry, Rotten Tomatoes. Convolutions uh, <laughs> Americans do just 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 to speak the language, eh? Um, Wolfram Alpha, etc. 
Um, the reason this is important to know is because, again, there, there used to be 10 search results, 10 blue links. Oh, I guess it still is, but in the near future, there won't be. They'll be what the personal assistant recommends to, uh, to, to, to the user. And, um, Dave, you're experimenting with, uh, with, a, with, with Google's personal assistant at home. Are, are you finding that? Um, not yet. Um, and that's a, it's a very clear yet, um, because they are not from, from my experience anyway. And I mean, I'm sure there's people who are doing some different experiments and stuff. I have it. Everything I keep trying to do. And my limitation may be that it's not really supported all that well in Canada yet. Um, but one of the limitations is it, it's not, there aren't enough apps for it yet. At least ones that I would use. Um, so yeah, you can order pizza or you can do some very specific things that there's apps very specifically built for, um, for them, but it's not this wide open landscape yet. Um, that you, you know, it will be like eventually, uh, based on everything they're doing right now, patents that they're filing, like everything, um, that it will basically be just a, if you can find it on Google, you can buy it here. Right. I mean, there, but yeah. their AdWord system isn't there yet there. You know, nothing is, is quite, quite there yet for the system to be what it should be. Um, but it's, it's coming really, really fast. So I'm not seeing it yet, but you, you can very clearly see where it's going. Okay. One of the stories I want to mash into the talking about personal assistant uh, optimization is the death of exact match in AdWords advertising. <laughs> Yeah, you'd think, you know, um, don't you think like exact match would actually make it easier? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it it would. But it's it's funny. I I still hate the death of exact match. Um, but next week, and I I can't talk about it now because there's a couple articles I have going out next week over on over on Search Engine Land um, about some patents, and it suddenly makes that death still stupid but it makes a little more sense i mean i hate it as an advertiser but it does start to make a little more sense and it does deal with voice search the the method to their madness here okay and i figured it had something to do with voice search i, I honestly i can't wrap my head around exactly what but my gut told me it was going that direction yeah okay and the last uh, the last story i want to mash into here and probably the last one we're gonna have a chance to talk about and this is more house more house cleaning stuff for seos but Anything you can use, as I said at the beginning of, the, of, of this segment, anything you can use to, like, make your product or your clients' uh, pages or products more prominent than their competitors, yeah, I mean, these days, you've got to use it, right? Like, we're, we used to, I used to say that SEO was a game of inches. Now it feels like SEO is a game of millimeters mm-hmm. um, or micro, micromillimeters even. Schema, schema.org has just released new restaurant menu markup. And if you have um, clients in the food service industry, this is this has got to become a second vocabulary for you. Um, I'm not going to dive into all the stuff that uh, all the markups that have been um, articulated by Schema. But if you go over to Moz.com um, over on the Moz blog, Schema New Restaurant Menu Markup is the uh, is the title. Written by uh, David Deering. Find the article and read it, and then bookmark it so you can read it again when you need to. <laughs> Great advice. Um, well, I mean, like, what do you say, David? Again, we're, um, we've only got a couple minutes left, so there's not a lot of exploration we can do. But um, 
I think honestly, I think anything you can use in the in the new world that we have coming, you got to you got to do. Yeah, well, one of the the things that I really liked about the addition here, and that you know Google's going to start using, um, is you can put your nutritional facts into this schema. Um, so not just your description, not just your pricing, your nutritional facts. So when I'm asking my Google Home. I want a vegetarian restaurant. I want a low-fat restaurant. I want to, I want to, you know, it will now have this nutritional information at its disposal to make those recommendations to me. And this is where, like, we can, you know, I mean, we've talked about it before, where organic is going to become very, very, very difficult, especially in a voice-first device world. Um, so this is exactly what you were talking about. We're fighting over micro-inches here, and this is one of the micro-inches the restaurants are going to need to battle over if they want any chance of winning in a, in a voice-first world. Well, yeah. Um, think about it this way, friends. Like Google, Google's stated mission is to make the world's information available to everybody, uh, free and available. But as Google really quickly found out, it's not as it's much more easily said than done, because a lot of people don't know jack about making their information freely available. That's what SEOs do. We're really good at that. That's um, as that's probably the easiest definition of SEO: people who make information available to search engines. Yeah, because um, most designers haven't got a freaking clue, and I'm, I'm sure they say the same thing about us. The SEOs don't have an aesthetic bone in their bodies, which is true, but we don't care about that. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, keep the most important thing that that SEOs, especially younger people, going. I, you know, I actually had somebody ask me the other day how they could get into the field, and I just looked at them going, "Oh, kid, like you so badly don't want to do that." <laughs> but if you should be dumb enough to get into this field, um, I, just because I don't see a mass future in SEO, I did like 20 years ago. There was a future, there was an unlimited future in SEO, but unlimited only lasts a decade in, a, in an accelerating world order, right? Yeah. Um, and now I now I see it as a shrinking field. But if you are to get into it, learn everything you can about about um, markups that will make your your or your clients' pages more accessible and express more information uh, quickly in a small screen world. Brilliant advice. Yeah, well, you know, I thought of it myself mostly. <laughs> okay, we are so close to the edge of the time zone that I don't want to bring up a new subject, but they haven't put the music in yet, so I don't know what to do, Dave. <laughs> you know what? I'll go with a, like, 20-seconder. Danny Goodwin over at uh, Engine Journal uh, covered the story. When you hit reply on Twitter uh, to a conversation, your who you're replying to, their Twitter account, no longer count. Uh, Brilliant. Okay. Fred, you can listen to WebCology here on Cranberry.fm on behalf of Dave Davis. Stick around Cranberry.fm. Content coming up after the news with Harper Thanks. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 